0: Welcome back, everybody. We're just excited to be back with you in the studio here on the devoted podcast and uh, I'm your host uh, Caleb, and I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Ben Heffernan and we're excited to to just be back in God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've been we've had Christmas and we've had New Year's. Um, so we've, it's just been kind of in and out, but you know the Lord's just blessed um, this podcast ministry. And we're excited if you're a first time listener, Uh, We've been going through the book of Matthew, uh, and we are starting in Matthew chapter 10 on this episode. Um, But if you're starting just today, uh, we encourage you to go back and start with Matthew chapter 1 and uh, catch up to us. Uh, You will be encouraged by it. If you are a faithful listener, uh, we do appreciate you listening in and being a part of the Devoted Podcast family. So, Pastor, we're diving into chapter 10 of Matthew. Um, What are we going to be able to pull out of this chapter? There's a lot here. And so what are we going to pull out? What has the Lord spoken to you about here in this chapter? Let's go ahead and put this chapter
1: in the context of what we have looked at. We've seen that Matthew is, from the very beginning of the genealogy, presenting uh, Jesus as the king. And we've seen his authority, and there's a response that we must have to this king, that we must repent and turn to him. We've seen the teaching of the king, and he's demonstrated his authority through his words in the Sermon on the Mount. And then we saw last time that he demonstrates his authority through his miraculous power and his mighty deeds. And so now we come and we, we've kind of seen that the, there's opposition as the Gospel of Matthew has unfolded. And in, in light of this opposition and also in light of the compassion that he has, the, we saw at the very end of chapter 9 that he was looked upon the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. They were a sheep that were scattered but had no shepherd. And he said that the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. And so in this chapter, we find that the the summarization of Matthew 10 is Jesus sending out his disciples two by two to the nation of Israel on on a mission uh, to reach those that are lost, the lost sheep of Israel. Now, when we look at this um, mission, it is important to understand that it was a special mission. It was only to the house of Israel. He did, he did not commission them to preach to the Gentiles. He told them in particular not to take any supplies. And he told them that they would have dramatic power to heal and to cast out demons. But there is an aspect, though this is unique and special for that very time frame, there are certainly things about it that are precursors for his commission at the very end of the book in which he's going to send them not just to the house of Israel, but to the entire world. And so our own commission found in Matthew 28 has some things to we can learn as believers as we look at this mission that he's given to them and so uh, this is really this mission is a, a foretaste of a lifelong mission that we have as believers and we can kind of see that from the reality that he tells them that, that they were going to be a testimony against the Gentiles or, and so that there was, they were going to be brought to proclaim the message beyond um, just the the initial audience that he was sending him to um, at the very beginning so you can kind of tell from the from Jesus own words that he anticipated this to have a broader aspect and we look at the message of this the focus again is on proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand same message as John the Baptist same message as Jesus Christ And the physical healings that they were able to do were signaled the nature that the kingdom was, that it was a deliverance and a restoration. And these were spiritual symbols, that these were real, literal miracles that took place, but they had a spiritual significance to them. When he told them not to take money or food, uh, extra food along the way, he was really calling for them to put their faith in God. They had to trust God completely. But it was also not just faith in God, but faith in God's message. Because he tells them that they are to stay with those who receive the message. If I was going out as an itinerary uh, preacher and I could only stay in homes of people who receive my message, I better be pretty fully persuaded that the message I'm speaking is true and that God's going to open up people's hearts to that aspect. So there was an aspect that they had to go in faith, not only in God, but in the working of God through his word. He did tell them the nature of who they were as messengers, and this is very powerful for us. He tells them that he was sending them out as sheep among wolves. They were agents of light, of goodness and peace, among those who were of darkness and evil, and even those who were hateful. And we see a majority of what he tells them is it tells them to be, uh, be in preparation for persecution. So that's a powerful image of something that's a harmless, uh, docile animal against those that are treacherous and would eat and consume him. He also says that they were to be as wise as serpents, that they were to know when to flee and to avoid persecution in the will of God. But he also told them to be harmless as doves, not lashing out when persecuted, but demonstrating in our character the nature of our message. So, He talks about the persecution that they're going to face. They're going to have beatings and whippings and trials, but the purpose for that is that they would be a witness. And he tells them that they would have power. The Holy Spirit in that very moment would give them the words to say, so they didn't even have to worry or premeditate on how they would respond in a certain circumstance in a specific situation, because God was going to be with them. There would be divisions among the even family men. Uh, family members so that the 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 nature of divisive nature of trusting in Christ would split homes in half and the Bible says that here Jesus warned them that they would be hated of all men for Jesus sake and he says if you will endure to the end the same shall be saved and what he's meaning by that not that you earn salvation by enduring but those who truly have saving faith will endure through that persecution they have the, the, the backing of God upholding them, and they will demonstrate that salvation. And he does just give us the encouragement that just remember, you're not above your Lord. If the Lord Jesus Christ himself was going to be persecuted and killed, then we who are his servants. So we don't need to fear them who can only kill the body. Just fear the God who kills body and soul. And so we live in the fear of God. We can stand in the face of those who persecute us with no fear or intimidation. And really what encourages us in this passage is that God knows all about us. The hairs of our head are numbered and he values us more than he values sparrows in which he takes intimate knowledge of them. And we are of so much more importance than they. So we ought to look to a reward that's coming, that if we will acknowledge Jesus Christ in the face of persecution, Jesus himself will acknowledge us in heaven. And this really is a conflict that exemplifies the cross. That if you'll take up your cross, you'll lose your life, and then you'll find that whoever tries to loses their life will find it. Uh, And so following Christ is their only way to have uh, this uh, uh, ultimate relationship with God. But if we try to avoid persecution, deny Christ, and try to save it, we will lose um, that life. And he ends this whole passage with the encouragement of reward that's coming, that if we will be faithful, doing the work of a righteous man, doing the work of a prophet, anyone who even receives a prophet or a righteous man, they will receive that very same reward. And so we look towards this aspect. It's, it's, it's sobering uh, to think of the persecution that, that comes because of the name of Christ. But we haven't got to the place of the eternal reward, and so we must just continue on in faith, uh, looking to God to do that great work in us. So that's kind of an overview of the overall chapter. How is this? Uh, as you're looking at it, uh, what, what's what's your thoughts in terms of how uh, how God spoke to you?
0: Uh, again, there's a there's a lot, and you know we can we can get discouraged a little bit as you're reading it, and you're like, I don't understand every aspect. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why it takes time. It takes your time to study and to just to to meditate on God's word Mm -hmm. is a key, especially in passages where you don't understand everything and you're not going to understand everything uh, fully, you know, until we get to heaven. We may not understand the circumstances or the times that go on Mm -hmm. because only God knows. And so that's where trust comes. We got to be able to trust him. And so, as a Christian, whenever you are you accept Christ in your heart, this this passage here, he's talking to the twelve disciples, and he's basically the, the, this is the Great Commission, and it's I guess you could put it in this word of contract, as like a sports athlete signs a contract. There is all of the elements that they receive, but there's also elements that they also sign up for, and that could be there's injuries or that could be a loss of life. That could be, you know, there's things <laughs> underneath that, that that come, hazards that come with the, the job description. Hmm. And then I guess that not just sports, but with any job description, you know, job that you sign up for, there's going to be good things and there's going to be negative aspects but here in god's word this great commission those negatives are not negative If that makes sense Mm. they're actually a positive so when jesus christ he's talking to the 12 disciples here and he's he's telling them go into uh the way of the gentiles and into any city of the samaria uh, and go not into the way of the gentiles excuse me And into any city the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So there is the message. He says, go. And he says, here's what you need to preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Preach me. Preach my word. And then he gives them the ability to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils freely. Ye have received freely gift. So he is—he gave them the power, a special ability, special gift for these 12 disciples. And that's encouraging. He gives us all uh, unique gifts that are specific to his will. Now, we don't have the specific ability to walk over to a dead person and raise them up. That was that was a special thing that he gave the disciples. Mm-hmm. But we have the power through prayer to communicate with God. And through that time of prayer, you know, you can get discouraged because maybe you're praying for someone who has a terminal illness and they're dying. And you and I've heard of Christians and even non believers say that I prayed and I asked God to heal them, but they still died. So God must not be real. There's there's no way that God would let this person die. Mm -hmm. We don't have the answers to that as human beings. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I can say is that it was God's plan. Yeah, we don't like it. It doesn't make sense. But it will in the future because God is doing something in the hearts and lives around that situation. And so he's telling the disciples, go and preach uh, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he goes and says this in verse nine, it says provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor scrip of your journey for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes nor yet staves for the workman is worthy of his meat. So he's going on and he says this, that don't worry about your personal possessions. And as you were talking, I was just kind of taking down some notes a little bit extra. And uh, I wrote down personal possessions will become personal burdens. Remember, we are focused on our own personal comforts what clothes we wear, where are we going to stay for shelter, uh, how much money do I have? As Christians, yes, it's good to be stewards, good stewards of that. Scripture talks about being a good steward of the things that he's given us. Money, clothes, house. But whenever we are more focused about our comforts instead of doing what God wants us to do and proclaiming his word, then our focus is wrong. We have the wrong focus. We're focused on ourselves and we're not focused on what God is doing in and around us. And so as that, he was telling the disciples, don't focus upon your needs I will take care of your needs yeah
1: radical faith <laughs> and that's
0: that's encouraging to know that God takes care of us even whenever we see around us that the world is in chaos and you know I go witness to somebody I've had my door you know, door slammed in my face people throw tracks on the ground people yell at me because I'm wearing a, a shirt that has Jesus saves or a cross on it they like they find that offensive Well, I'm not going to take that shirt off and burn it. I am proclaiming the gospel. I am proclaiming what I believe in. And, you know, we we live in a society today that is just full on. I don't like it. I'm going to make a point known and I'm going to try to get it destroyed. You know, we call it cancel culture. I'm going to try to cancel it because I don't like it. Well, here in America you can... and as God gave us free will to believe what we want to believe ultimately he wants us to believe in him and to trust him but if you turn your back on God and you want nothing to do with God yeah here's the persecution part that comes in that he was talking about is that the world doesn't like God for because of sin the sin nature, from all the way back in the Garden, Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the Garden, that started the chain effect that we're seeing today. Yeah. And because of that, we see the persecution. Now I read a story, well, and I saw the video of a man in uh, Mall of America. Mm-hmm. He was just shopping, running his own business, but apparently there were some people that got offended because he had a T-shirt on that said "Jesus Saves." And they, uh, according to the report, they threw a big old fit about it, and was causing, you know, saying that it was causing problems. Unfortunately, the uh, security guards they went over to see the situation, but they sided with the people that were having the problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, without going into grave detail, the man was told to leave the mall or to take the shirt off. Mm-hmm. Well. He chose the right thing to do, and he just left. But he kept the shirt on as a, you know, a, a, as an example of that he wasn't going to waver in his faith. Mm. Now, yeah, we're going to face those. And here in America, we face more relaxed persecution, if I can put it for better terms. Mm. You know, we don't, you know, we're not going to face, you know, as of now, not going to face, you know, like how other countries beheadings mm. or torture Thrown in in prison for that. Yeah, we may have those occasional people that will yell and scream at us and reject God. But they're not rejecting us. They were rejecting the message. They're rejecting Jesus Christ. And Scripture even says that. Jesus said that the world will reject you because they reject me. And so that is what we're signing up for as Christians. Mm -hmm. We're signing up for that, yes, we get encouragement through God's word. Yes, we get to live a life that is free from being in bondage to sin. Yeah. But yet yeah, we in the, 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 the hazardous side of the contract is we have to face persecution. And many times there could be times where we are alone. We have nobody but Jesus Christ. And so and the disciples knew what they were signing up for. And many of them died. They were persecuted and they were put to death for believing in Christ. And each and every one of them did not deny Christ at the persecution. Mm -hmm. They lived a life straight up to the finish of their life. They were saying that this is my God, this is the one I serve. It doesn't matter what men think, I know that I serve a living God. Mm -hmm. And they proclaimed the gospel to the very end. And it's just encouraging to know and see that. And then we jump over to the towards the end of the book and it talks about a sparrow. A little bird. It's, it's a very, very small bird. But, well, let me read it. Let me read it. Verse number 29, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. He's talking about that in verse number 29, One shall not fall on the ground without your father. Father is capitalized, signifying God. He sees everything. He takes care of of the animals. The sparrow has nothing to worry about because God takes care of them. He doesn't have to worry where he gets his food, where he lays his head to sleep because God takes care of everything. Why are we all worried about it when we can just say, trust God? It's human nature to see the problem and then to get discouraged by it and to be overworked up, but it's simply trusting God, taking a deep breath saying, God's got this under control. Yes, I'm freaking out inside, but God's got it under control. And I'm going to see God do something amazing through this time. And then goes on in verse number 40. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. That's an encouragement right there. He was just telling the disciples, he that receiveth you and is kind to you and, and receives the message receiveth me into their life, their heart. And whenever they receive me into their heart and into their life, then they receive the Father. And so it's just, it's 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 just, it, it takes us taking that step of faith. It may not be comfortable. It may not be practical in our minds. But God is there with us every step of the way. And all we have to do is open our mouths and let God speak. Yeah. So it, it's just encouraging just to see these things mm-hmm. in that it, any examples that you can think of for the passages that we've just read the verses or
1: yeah I was just thinking about as you're talking about these things that there are whole ministries that neglect that type of emphasis on suffering for Jesus <clears throat> and it's all about prosperity it's all about if you trust in Him, He'll grow. You know, He wants you to be happy, and He wants you that your your portfolio to grow, and you to have a wonderful retirement. He wants you to have that beach home, and you know, it's just <laughs> this whole aspect of, and so it it really is. Um, it's not a representation of Christ's gospel. Uh, in fact, when you what is the gospel? Is it not? But Jesus died and, and rose again. And he makes this direct analogy to himself that, that we're not above him. And if God's plan is for his own son to suffer crucifixion, then how can we point to him, but by suffering? And uh, so we, we mirror his life when we experience difficulties. And I think it comes down to this point where I think personally on on a, a level, we have to ask that question, Am I okay with experiencing pain physically or it, social pain, being cut off from family or friends? Or am I okay with these things happening if it if it points to Christ, if it glorifies the Son of God and His Father? Then and my Father, if, if that that has to be our heart, and uh, that takes a re- basically. This whole spirit of discipleship that we saw before, you've got to be able to give up everything um, for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that that challenges at the most fundamental level of our dedication. And if, uh, if I am a follower of Christ, then I really do want His glory above all. And even if it is, I decrease so that He increases. And that's that's the model of how God has intended. He's planned it for those things. It's not through my great prosperity that I point to the cross through my suffering for his name. So I know as a young man, I certainly would have always, always afraid of um, persecution. I, I think I was, I think I was afraid of burning. I think I may have seen a movie like Sheffy or something, not Sheffy, uh, Flame in the Wind is an old production of, uh, of how they would burn people at the stake back in the, during the the middle ages for heresy and things like that. So that was always my greatest fear is like, um, I don't know. Have you had a fear of being persecuted in terms of those things or like a way you were like, I don't want to die.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Yes. I mean, I'll be honest. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, you you hear about these, these missionaries, Christians Mm -hmm. who go to these foreign countries where you are killed for even mentioning the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And they go there and they, they preach the God, you know, the gospel. Yeah. They share God's word and love, and you know, I even, you know, it's just, it's just encourage, encouraging to hear stories like Jim Elliot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, they go in to go witness to a tribe, and they're killed, but through that, their testimony, yeah, that tribe accepted Christ to become a Christian tribe. Serving the Lord, it's like wow. They didn't see it in their time, mm-hmm. but that testimony of them giving their life for the Lord, yeah. physically and even their whole heart, their 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 soul to the Lord, yeah. they were sold out. And that's a question that I ask myself even often, and I think we all should as believers is. How sold out am I? How devoted. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, is is it just a... Yeah, I'm sold out to the point of... I'm okay with where I'm at. Maybe get a door sign on my face is okay. Or am I sold out to the point that... When it comes down to my life being taken. For what I believe. That's sold out. You know, you think about it, that's like... Mm
1: -hmm. Or put my children in harm's way. I mean that's as much as I having children now. I, I I fear I fear persecution for myself less and less, and I fear it more for my children. And that's always that. It's amazing how that dynamic changes as they grow and um, fears change. But it's interesting you mentioned Elliot's because I think they really do demonstrate what he's talking about. How do we respond to this world in these imageries of sheep among wolves, like wise as a serpent but harmless as a dove. That, that imagery just sticks in my mind and, and yet they had weapons on that beach and they chose not to fire and kill someone because they knew they'd be sending someone into eternity in hell. They would rather die with those weapons in their hand and so they were harmless as doves and yet being wise as a serpent doesn't mean means that we're not rushing out and trying to be stupid and say kill me, right. kill me, that's what I, I, we we don't, Paul left at, in certain places where persecution was coming, there was a wisdom to it, but when it comes, we recognize that we are sheep, and we're appointed to the slaughter, Yeah. and uh, people are gonna, they're gonna be vicious, they're gonna be mean, there's gonna be hatred, and yet we have to show love to them, we have to have a complete denial of ourselves, I, I've died, Jesus Christ's life lives within, and that's that's the hope that I have. That in that day, I haven't faced a lot of difficult persecution, but I looked at that promise that He's gonna He's gonna help me endure whatever it comes, and He's gonna give me the words to say in that moment. So I don't I don't fear it, though I've never experienced the depth of that. I'm not afraid of what could come, or even for my own children, because I know that it's really up to God, and God's gonna see them through. He's gonna see me through, and we can have that trust, just like you were talking about that faith. So.
0: Yeah, it's it's a I mean it's incredible. I mean, we can sit here and talk about it. Yeah. But I mean, just putting it into action. Yeah. You'll know, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. Exactly. You know, many times today's cult, church culture, yeah, you know, we like being listeners. We don't hear what's being te- taught and preached. We listen. Mm. We kind of just get a feel for what it is. Maybe grab some encouragement. Maybe take a verse and be like, "Well, he was probably meaning this. The preacher was, yeah. man, I love this music service. That was great. you know. But when we take the heart, the things that God is bringing out of his word, it will impact your life mm-hmm. to, in a, to a point that you're just going to read it and it will come to life. And you're going to want to be a part of it. I know like watching some football games, you know, on TV. You know, I watched the the little bit of the college national championship. And you get in on the game and I mean, you are yelling at the refs, you're yelling at the coaches, you want to, you're trying to be a part of the game. You mm, must've been pulling
1: for TCU. And
0: so it was <laughs> <laughs> it was back and forth and, and you know, you, you just get excited, you get in the game. Mm-hmm. You just want to be a part of it, immersed mm. in the game. You know, as a fan, you're in the game. You know, at that point, you just want to be in, on the field. You want to be a player. You know, you just get excited for that. But when well, it's time for church and the things of God, it's more of it's interesting. I don't know how to Spectator, just yeah, You'd rather be the fan instead of be the follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jesus Christ is he says, "Follow me. I will make you fishers of men." And it's that that's where we got to be, where where we're submissed, where we're submerged in his word and we're just hyped up and excited to see what God's going to do next, you know, and knowing that he's going to take care of my problems and live in that freedom, that liberty. And so heaven help uh, us. Yeah. (laughs) So with all that said, I hope that was an encouragement to you here in this episode. I know it was to us here in the studio. And we just want to say thank you so much for listening. Um, You can listen to us anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Uh, Thank you again. Have a good night.